welcome to the Deeper Darker Variety Show. My name's Ashley. And I'm Casey. We're coming to you again from sunny Sacramento as we... Sunny and fucking boiling hot. You know what is uh, the worst part of a Sacramento summer? What? When your air conditioning goes out right in the middle of it. Yeah, the air conditioning at my house went out. And as soon as anyone can come out is this Friday. What? And it's not even guaranteed that they'll be able to fix it because they might have to order parts or something. So... Yeah. Have you guys great. moved into a hotel yet? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. We um we got a bunch of portable air conditioning units. Yeah. And the one that I have for my room is like smaller than a six pack. Does it work? Eh, kind of. Kind of. It's it the box is very misleading. The box says, Oh, you just fill it up with water and it'll run and cool your area for ten hours. Yeah. After three hours with ice water in there, my I think my, my bedroom temperature dropped like three degrees. That's like those bullshit little air conditionings that people make for Burning Man, and it, like they, they barely work yes, at all. Yes, I mean any any cool breeze is amazing out there. I wish but. I still had my old swamp cooler, but it it oh, broke. Swamp coolers but, are amazing, dude. It was great. I had it my first year at Burning Man, and it was. Ice cold inside my hexier. Oh yeah, you're you're this, this bitch and her fancy ass <laughs> setup. We're over here in a tent dying, and she's got like this air conditioned yurt. She all fancy. It was great. It was Ugh. it saved my life. I got to sleep in forever. It was wonderful. Yeah, uh, that's what really gets you out there is you can't sleep because it's too hot. Yeah, once so, that sun comes up over the desert, you, you you're fucked. Especially me, I have problems sleeping in the heat anyway. If it's hot yeah. when I'm trying to sleep, I have nightmares like really really bad nightmares. Oh shit. Oh yeah, like those cloying nightmares where you like you're kind of trapped in nightmare. Like the oh, heat just kills I hate me. Those ones. They're the worst. Did you see that Trump is trying to withdraw the United States from the World Health Organization? Yes, I did. Because they were... They, Why? Because they said something counter to what he's saying. He's he's yeah. a baby. And if you say something counter to what he's saying, no matter if you have the evidence to prove it or not, right. he's going to act like a baby and he's going to fire you. That's all he does. He fires people. That's his Goodness. thing. And he thinks he can fire... He fired the Paris Climate Agreement. He... Right. Know, and the Paris Climate... It wasn't anything official. It was just like, hey, we're all going to do our part to... To make sure we all don't die. Right. To, to save the environment. And he's like, no, nah, fuck that. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's if it perfectly encapsulates his entire way of running the country. Even yeah. if I agreed with his policies, even if that was, he was doing things that I liked, even then the, the, the yeah. very thin skinned, easily insulted. And then the yes. baby responses of him, he throws little tantrums. Yes. He focuses on all the wrong things as a president, as a leader, as yeah. a leader, you don't want a leader focus on, well, this person said a mean thing about me and I'm upset about nah, who, just who like, cares? Yeah. Who cares? Obama, would just brush that just brush shit off. off. Brush it off. Brush off. He had people calling him all kinds of shit. And he's uh, like, worse, whatever. Much, yes. Much and, worse. And that shows, that's to me indicative of a good leader. Yeah. To focus on the real issues and not... Not again, play into this shit. Yeah, all his politics aside, all Obama's politics aside, whoever you agree with, I don't see how you can think that this man is running things well. Wait, well, most of his supporters even say, well, I don't agree with him as a person, but I like his policies. I'm like... How could you like the policies? His policies aren't good either. His policies are not good. These are not good policies. This is not going well. Like nothing is working. These are not good policies. But the truth is, what they really like is the horrific things he says. Oh, I bet they won't admit it. But they definitely that that has to be like a feature, a a quality that they like. Yeah, that's what what draws. Because even even on the campaign trail, he never outlined a cohesive plan 
for how he wanted to shape the country. Right. It had nothing to do with that. It just right. had to deal with it. He owned the libtards, and I love it when people own the libtards, so I'm willing to the see libtards. my own con country crumble into an autocracy mm -hmm. because he owns the libtards. Never mind that I'm amongst the poor who are going to be fucked. Right. As long as the libtards are crying their tears, I'm thrilled with it. Yeah. Oh, so, I mean, speaking of that, uh, Kanye West just got approved <laughs> for... A PPP load or a PPE load uh -huh. or something. It oh, he would, got millions. Yeah, two million dollars. Mm -hmm. He he claimed 160 employees, which he has. But I'm like, bro, you're a billionaire. Your wife is a billionaire. You guys can more than afford to take care of yourselves and every single one of your employees. Save that two million dollars for people who are homeless, people who are hungry, or for small companies that need these things. There's only yeah. so much money to small go around. Small businesses that are about to literally crumble because they don't. They can't afford. They, this they shit. can't afford it, and they. These are small companies who want to take care of their employees and they just don't have the means to. Well, Kanye West, that loon, he's also running for president despite the fact that we are well past the deadline to yeah, enter he the ha race. He, he hasn't even submitted any official paperwork. He just literally <laughs> made a tweet. This is the world we're living in, people. Oh, Welcome to America. Oh, Kanye. And, uh, and and as we call her on delisted, cum dumpster. Cum dumpster? Kim, yes. Kim Kardashian, <laughs> who got famous, not just for getting fucked on camera, but for getting pissed on on camera. They yes. always forget the pissed on part. Yeah. yeah. She, she used to she, be Paris Hilton's little bitch. That's right. She was. Mm -hmm. Man. Back in the days of the surreal life. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. That's where she that's where she got her first exposure as Paris's little bitch she, like Paris would make her rearrange her closet and do all those things and I'm saying this excitedly like I watched any of this and I didn't I just love delisted and the way they talk shit on people oh yeah that's one it's one of my favorite I read things. all those articles it's great uh real quick we mm -hmm. just have a couple of quick corrections from the last episode oh, I probably fucked it up no no it was me uh, well, it was one was me and one was you okay that's fair so one of them white riot is actually not a band it's a song by The Clash. There we go. Uh, and, and to, Mystery solved. Uh, punk cred, I should have known that. It's okay. I had to look it up myself. And then the <laughs> second one, so the last episode, I couldn't remember where I heard the term furries in the news. And actually, it's a very noble crusade they're doing. The furries are fighting white supremacy. So basically, they've been posting pictures of animated furry erotica yeah. on all the social media platforms. Using the hashtag Whiteout Wednesday and White Lives Matter. So they just clog up the feed for yes. White Lives Matter. So then, the, like, the white supremacists are getting so pissed none, none off. None of the white supremacy messages are getting through. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's brilliant. Them and the the K-pop The K-pop fans, yes. Because the K-pop fans have a huge bot network that they have set up to, yes. to promote their bands and to... You know, which is obnoxious usually, but if they're doing it this way, thank you guys. Yeah, the, the real heroes in the fight to white supremacy. You never would have thought furries and K-pop kids. So... To segue into my topic today. Seamless segue. Seamlessly. I was talking to my dad. My dad served in <laughs> Vietnam. You guys will hear a lot about this on because this is one of my main things in life. Because growing up with a Vietnam veteran, whether they talk about it a lot or not, the Vietnam War casts a shadow over your entire life. My dad was unable to do even the most basic things like attend school functions for me mm -hmm. to um, 
hold himself together. He couldn't go to the, like when we would go to the grocery store together, we would have to go at 11 o'clock at night to a specific store because the aisles were wide enough and there weren't as much people in there. And we would go and get a bunch of shit yeah. and then run away. Is it just like sensory overload for him? Anxiety, yeah. PTSD, overload mm-hmm. of things. And Oh, I feel that. I mean, I don't have PTSD to that level, but, but same thing. I, I'll usually go to the grocery store early in the morning or late mm-hmm. at night to avoid crowds. Yes. If I end up being, I've been in the middle of a grocery store and it got too crowded and I just left my fucking cart. My there dad does that all the time. Walked out. Does that all the time. And that's, that's even now that he's medicated and it, that has improved a lot. So also, I mean, there's a million things. Uh, he would wig out on people. He would have like total meltdowns on clerks and people, you know, oh, I've done that a couple fast times food restaurants. I feel like such a piece of shit afterwards. He, he, You'd wake up in the middle of the night and hear a noise and, like, look out the window and dad's in his underwear with a gun patrolling the perimeter. Whoa. Just shit like that. Whoa. My dad served a hard two and a half tours in Vietnam. It, yeah, two and a half tours is a long time to mm-hmm. be in, especially in Vietnam. Yes. He came back. He scared his family so badly that aside from my, uh, my grandfather had already passed. Aside from my grandmother and his, my father's sister and my grandmother's aunt. I never met a single member of my father's family because they disowned him when he came home because he scared them so badly. He frightened them. Wow. He, uh, they were at a welcome home dinner and mm-hmm. one of his smart ass cousins said something about, well, uh, how does it feel to kill babies or some stupid ass shit? Whoa. And my dad turned on him in the frightening way. And my dad has what's called the thousand yard stare right. where it's very hard to look at. And he turned and looked at him and he said, very calmly, I could kill every one of you motherfuckers right now, finish my dinner, and walk out of here like nothing happened. And he scared them so badly. That is terrifying. It's terrifying. He scared the shit out of them because, again, it wasn't a bluff. He wasn't right. joking. When he, Especially when he first came back from Nam, he was super raw. Right. So they had all completely disowned him. And one of his favorite aunties had come to him years later crying and apologizing, saying, I didn't understand. I'm so sorry. I feel really bad. Will you please come to my funeral? That's all I wanted you please come to my funeral. My dad oh promised my her, promised her he would come to the funeral. And so my family specifically made sure he didn't know when the funeral was. That is so fucked up. Yes. Like e- epically fucked up. Yes. So this, so Vietnam influenced my whole childhood. It influenced mm-hmm. my whole life. My dad has, he talks about it a lot. But the thing with my dad is for the most part, he talks about made up stories that he enjoys <laughs> just making up. For example, the time he was flying missions, my dad has never flown anything. <laughs> flying missions over North Vietnam and was shot down and captured and taken to the Hanoi Hilton where he dug a tunnel back to the DMZ, which is the demilitarized zone between right. North and South Vietnam and popped out at the DMZ to get a hot ham and cheese from the hot ham and cheese stand. Because dad says everywhere in every war, there's a hot ham and cheese stand about five feet away. Oh, okay. So in the middle of the firefight, if you get hungry. Damn, sign me up. I love ham and cheese. You can, you can get out of your foxhole and go get a hot ham and cheese. Neat. Yeah. The time that he parachuted into, North Viet- into the Swiss Alps to ski into North Vietnam to fight the dreaded Nazi Kong. <laughs> Has he seen a map before? Does he know how far away? Oh, he knows all the shit. Switzerland is from Vietnam. My dad knows everything. He just makes up the most ridiculous things he can think of ever. So this is all I heard as a kid. And slowly over the years, as I've matured and the more I learn about Vietnam, my main focus in learning about Vietnam isn't so much the battles and the firepower. I like the psychological aspect of it. That's what fascinates me. What did they go through? How did they live? Right. That's what's interesting to me. The more I understand the more I don't look at him as some kind of horrific monster for killing. Right. The more he tells me. 
Yeah, my I one of my really good friends, her husband's dad did two or three tours of Vietnam. Mm -hmm. Was there for a long time and he has a real hard time talking about it. Mm -hmm. Even still, he'll him and his wife sleep in separate beds cuz they would wake up in the middle of the night and she, he would be strangling mm -hmm. her. I, I I learned the hard way not to wake dad up. I ran and jumped on the bed and before he before I knew what was going on, he had me by the throat and yeah. he had his fist cocked back to hit me. And my mom runs and screaming, It's the baby, it's the baby. And he woke Fuck. up all the way because he just he was asleep. He he'll, he'll he would black out and go to these these fugue states, yeah, and wake up screaming all the time. Mm -hmm. All of those things. I, I mean, it, it's it's everything, but there's a mix with my dad's stories. There's a mix of very true, very real, very horrific stories mm -hmm. and Weird made up shit that he's just decided. <laughs> so you kind of have to use your own judgment as to as which to what one. what's real or not. Right. So the other day I'm on the phone with him and I was talking about my to to call back to the we were talking about earlier my pain. I have mm -hmm. a bladder issue. So I was talking to him about my bladder issue and he was saying that he was going to send me to the island where they send the guys with the black syphilis. <laughs> and you're like the what? <laughs> what the black syphilis? They, they'd get it in the nom, and if you, it's incurable, so they'd send you to an island where you would stay until you, until you died, like or they found a cure. Molokai, the leper colony. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you would, you would be sent away to this island off the coast of Vietnam until your dick rotted off and you died, or they found a cure. Shut up. And I was like, shut the fuck up! Like, don't, don't tell me these don't things. Don't you fuck with me? You're making up things. He says, no, I'm serious. I'm, I'm really serious. This is a real, <laughs> or it's not a real thing, but it was a real thing that they told them. Oh. Which brings us to our topic today, which is mainly focused on Vietnam, but overall, the VD and STD campaigns, no, the, propaganda. The, the propaganda that they made up to keep these kids from sticking their dicks in literally everything they could find, and <laughs> the military suffering so much downtime uh -huh. from their VD. Oh my God, so, so normally when I do a story, I get sources from all over. I just look stuff up on the internet. I, I, I learn things from documentaries, whatever. This, all of this comes from SciWarrior.com, which mm -hmm. is an awesome site. I recommend it. When when you told me you were going to do this topic, let me let me just tell you guys, she's been talking about doing this topic for like a month, and I've been sitting on the edge of my seat waiting for this episode. <laughs> just, I, I'm, I'm so excited for today's episode. <laughs> so my favorite, just, just to start this off, just to, to perfectly encapsulate the idea of how the, the military was handling this, a lot of what they did, especially back in World War II era, is the Susie Rotten Crotch videos. Yes. <laughs> the films that they would use to try and scare troops away is from going and fucking Susie Rotten Crotch. Yes. So they referred to, you know, the, the, the civilian women, mainly, mainly prostitutes, but my dad did hook up with some village women. And yeah. He I had, it up. I had asked him, yes, I'd asked him, like, did you ever get an STD in the NOM? <laughs> he goes, no. I'm like, come on now. He's like, no, I wrapped it up. Because my dad, uh, I don't know how to sugarcoat this, my dad loves hookers. Or loved hookers when he was young. I like, mean, who doesn't at He some point? would routinely, if he could get away, he, would, he was in, Vietnam was divided up into four different parts of operation. Uh -huh. I-Corps, which is one core, two core, three core, and four core. Mm -hmm. My dad served in three core, which is also where Saigon is. Okay. So he would take off and he would go and pick up some girl somewhere, either a bar girl or like whatever, and, yeah. and go and check into the president's hotel, the presidential hotel in, in Saigon. <laughs> and he would stay there drinking and banging some girl until some yes. woman, I should say, just to be clear, um, drinking and banging some woman until he ran out of money. And then he would go and turn himself into the MPs. 
and they would drive him back. And his captain had to have a talk with him because they kept like you could only. Wait, why did he turn himself into the MPs? Was was it not to get to get back? Oh Jesus! Christ. He didn't have like he didn't have a right back, so he'd just be like, "Hey, I don't." He would walk up and be like, "I don't belong here," and then they would take him back to where he was supposed to be. And so his captain takes him aside and is like, "We've busted you down. You can't go any lower." <laughs> what are we going to do? Basically, his captain forced him to make sure that uh, most of his money was sent home to a bank. Right, so he didn't just blow it all on, on hookers. Hookers and, and blow. blow. <laughs> well, hookers and what did they have in Vietnam? Opium. Ah, yeah. Lots opium. of opium. China white heroin, which my old man never Me. touched because that would kill you very easily. Yeah, fuck yeah. He said uh, more than a match head. Would kill will you. kill you? Yes, because it, it's pure. It's China white. It oh, is Jesus. the shit. Uh, there's actually, we'll probably do another episode on this. There's a huge amount of young men who died of heroin overdoses, mainly men in the back, uh-huh. as, as my father would call them, remphs, which means rear echelon motherfuckers. <laughs> it's dro- I have to remember that. It's a derogatory term used by guys in the bush for the guys that have Rear the cu- echelon motherfuckers <laughs> that have the cush jobs. How petty! Yeah, I love it. Yeah, so the, they were typically the ones. I mean, you're not really going to shoot up and go walking through the bush, right? But you will chew on balls of opium and walk through the bush. According Good to my lord! Father. And eat LSD. Neat. Love to eat him some acid in a firefight. I can only imagine how wild that must have. He said the loved. tracers and the bullets were amazing. I bet. <laughs> and, and the tracers on the tracer bullets, I bet he, he probably thought he could see those bullets coming in slow motion. Probably. I've, I've, I've actually dodged shit while on LSD that was... And you're like, am I in the fucking Matrix? It felt... I, so, like, I saw some kind of face. I'm like, I should move. And then I just, like, slowly moved my head and then slowly moved it back. In real life, it happened very quickly. But for me, I was like, hmm, I should move before I, I break my nose. I should probably move. Whoa. <laughs> so, back to topic at hand. Military and VD. Military focused on this with lectures and prophylactics kits, which was five grams of five grams of ointment directions, a soap impregnated cloth, and a cleansing tissue, and sometimes condoms. Sometimes condoms. Sometimes condoms. Well, because that that was their thing, right? They were trying to promote abstinence, not prophylactics. Yes, okay. but also this is this is from a time World War One, World War Two. I don't know. I don't. I don't believe condoms existed during World War One. And I swear they had them lambskin condoms. They had lambskin ones and stuff, but also that, that only does, right. you know, and you're also trying to get a bunch of people to wear condoms when it's not like a manly man thing to do. There's, there's a right, bunch more that right. goes with that. So they use slogans such as fool the axis, use prophylaxis. Yes. Which I really liked. <laughs> I love all the slogans. And be sly VD is high. <laughs> I like that one. Okay, so in World War One, the Brits had 150,000 troops hospitalized with VD. It is a very Whoa, serious issue. Jesus Christ! Uh, one and a half million syphilis and gonorrhea casualties for the Allies through World War One. One and a half casualties. Million. Well, a casualty, any sort of oh, okay. injury, anything that I, I, I'm thinking death. I'm like, yeah, it sounds could die. They they use the term casualty specifically, but any anything taking someone out of battle. Okay, hundred or, or excuse me, one and a half million. The, what the fuck? One and a half million. The VD rates for the Brits were seven times higher than the Germans because the British officers were super prudish and weren't addressing the issue directly. So so I hear those numbers and I think, 
there's equally that many women who also have VD to have spread it. Not right? equally that many women because there's only so many women to go around. Oh, so, so there's like sharing women. Yeah. During World War One, it's a little bit of a different situation because as you're going, you're you're coming back to the rear to for R and R and such. Usually these things happen mm-hmm. on R and R. It's not so much like oh hey there's a village girl and I'm gonna hook up with her after this battle we just had. Mm-hmm. It's it's I went back to the to the rear or somewhere for R and R, and so you're going to certain bars. You're going to specific places, and you're basically kind of everybody's banging the same yeah. women. Yeah. So in Korea... Man, good for those girls. Right? They're getting it. <laughs> in Korea, 8 out of 10 GIs will have VD at least once during their 13-month tour. So do they... Are they just lumping in all of the VD together? Or yeah, any kind of VD, which I'm assuming at this in this point in history, we're basically just talking syphilis and gonorrhea. Right. I'm I'm sure herpes, but the thing is with syphilis and gonorrhea, you have to report that you have syphilis or, or gonorrhea. Right. You can get in trouble for having a VD. What about like chlamydia or something? I mean. I, I, have, I really didn't see any mentions chlamydia, of chlamydia. Chlamydia the prettiest VD name. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see too many mentions of chlamydia. I don't know if they're including it as a... Like, they're, they're just using VD as a general term. Okay. But whenever I saw anything mentioned, it was specifically syphilis and gonorrhea. Ugh, those so. are, like, some of the worst ones. <laughs> Fuck. Enlisted men could get the clap and such, but officers were usually diagnosed as UTIs, yeah. non-specific. The clap. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Clap on. Clap off. Does, it, clap does on, the clap, clap off, off, The clapper. <laughs> no, the clap don't come off. The clapper is what they also call my vagina. So, oh, really? Yeah, just so you know. Oh, well, because the lips just clapped together. No, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> so. And, uh, I have a beautiful vagina. Thank you. None of us can. Oh, wait. One yeah. of us can. Confirm. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. Officers usually got diagnosed with UTIs or nonspecific urethritis or sprains. And hold on. Oh, I said urethritis or sprains like sprains. they sprain their dicks. that's how that's how they would say they would say it's a sprain <laughs> they would diagnose it as a sprain because again you're talking about putting a vd on an officer's record these things go against oh, them oh shit so so the officers so they'd be like yeah he sprained his dick and it caused all these he blisters. has he has a uti it's not a big deal to quote this is a quote from cywarrior.com Cy- says one anonymous lieutenant told me about his trip to the doctor with what sounds like a classic case of gonorrhea One morning, I got up and I stepped in the head to urinate. I was rewarded with incredible pain and red-tinted urine. I was basically close to howling from the pain level. I reported to headquarters and quickly got on sick call, taking a a Mike 151 over to Cantho Army Airfield Dispensary. This is Vietnam, obviously. Mm -hmm. The the Spec 4 medic wanted a sample to scope in the back room, all the while sneering at my insistence that it couldn't be VD. Right, Lieutenant, I hear a lot of that. After another screamer in the head, the sample was inspected, and minutes later, the captain came out and said something like, well, I'll be damned. It isn't syphilis, but you've got one hell of a colony of spirochets boring holes in your urinary tract. Instead of a load of penicillin in the butt, I got an envelope of tetracycline. I asked how I I contracted this kind of infection, and he indicated that it was just one of the bugs that came out of the wash water. Most likely the bugs were picked up by my underwear or picked up off the bedding. Within 24 <laughs> hours of taking massive massive doses of tetracycline, the pain had almost gone as the nasty spirochet succumbed to the antibiotic. By three days, healing had removed all of it. Only the memory of a 10 out of 10 level pain remained. I showered with a hexachlorophene scrub soap called Fisho... Fiso-sex? Fiso-hex. It's banned now. 
The image of children <laughs> swimming in the Basak tributary of the Mekong is vivid in my mind. How did they keep all those kids from falling victim to the trillions of hungry organisms? I can't help but think maybe the mama, mama sands washing my laundry with special water just for you, GI. So this is how they covered up. It oh amongst, my God. Yes. So he had VD, but they're like, nope, you definitely have this fucking parasite. You're, you're, what goes for an enlisted man and what goes for an officer are usually very two very different things. Goodness. So by 1967, we're now into Vietnam. MACV, which is the Military Assistance Command Vietnam, they'd given up educating the troops and instead targeted sex workers. <laughs> With a list. Here's the list of their, their targets against sex okay. workers. One, prostitution would not be recognized by the Republic of Vietnam. Two, bar girls and streetwalkers could not be controlled for a variety of reasons, so they, right. they, they mainly went for the establishments. Three, the only effective program would be controlling the females working in brothels. It's only three... A three-thing list. How to so that's how to, they were trying to control the spread to control the brothels to right. to you couldn't really control the girls. But if it was shunned by Vietnam, it wasn't official. All of these right, things right. They, they're kind of just throwing up their hands here in a way. Right. What are you? What else are you supposed to do? I mean, how are you going to get dudes who are stuck in the jungle with a bunch of other dudes to not want to go and get their fuck on? Especially they're, these are teenagers. We're talking about 18, right, 19, 20. Raging so, hormones. What you do are scare tax. You, you also have to remember, this is the 60s. There is no internet. Most of these boys did not have any kind of sexual education back home. Oh, yeah. Uh, many of them had were probably virgins when they went over there. There was no frame of reference. So use the scare tactics. In the welcome and they'll fucking believe you because they, they of course, have nothing they to know nothing better. on. And also, word spreads. So kind of like, like BD. Yeah. Like I was going to say just like me, but whatever. <laughs> also, yes. In the Welcome to Vietnam papers, the brochure claiming uh, there was a brochure claiming that not every syphilis case could be cured. For those lucky enough, it took 70 injections for 70 weeks, but the author claims oh. it was only 10 shots. But hmm. this is what they're telling you. This is where the black syphilis story came from, that they told them mm -hmm. in your Welcome to Vietnam papers that there is a brand of syphilis that cannot be cured, which is a lie. Oh, shit. There, uh, the 1967 VD rate among servicemen was 10, 10 times higher in Vietnam than it was stateside. Oh, my God. And stateside, Holy they're, shit. stateside they're still getting on with, with... Yeah, I mean, so, so I mean, I guess that's what, what this is all about, too. This isn't super specific to just Vietnam. Guys were fucking chicks in getting VD everywhere. If, I mean, all of you, I'm assuming most of us know someone who's in the military. Just ask them for their stories of the things they got up to. It's a bunch of young men. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are women involved, obviously. But there, especially back in the day, there were no women. Just enlisted enlisted women wasn't right. a thing. So, you know, they go off. They go to strip clubs. They go to... Pro we have a friend. We have a Marine friend who mm -hmm. is just as fond of prostitutes as my father was. Oh, yeah. I love his stories. So in 1972, the first CAV sickness rates per 1,000 troops, that's the first CAV division, mm -hmm. 26.7 malaria, 17.8 hepatitis, 5.4 di had diarrhea, 10.2 skin disease, and 222... Get out. 226.3 <laughs> VD. And, you know, when you're talking about skin yes. disease, you're talking about jungle rot, malaria was a huge problem. <clears throat> so... Many troops would go to the local village for treatments to avoid punishment because mm -hmm. you could get serious punishment. It depended on who you were underneath. Some, right. You know, you, but you could get serious ass punishment and they would, they would get treated by. For the, getting VD, they're like, mm -hmm. so just to add insult to injury. So 
the best way to uh, to explain this is when you are in the military, you have to think of yourself as a piece of military equipment. You can actually get in trouble oh. on a base for getting a sunburn too bad. Are you serious? Yes, because you are not properly taking care of military equipment. Oh, so shit. you can be you can be punished for this. I never even considered it yes, that this, way. Uh, a, any kind of person, especially an enlisted person, you are military equipment. So you have to think of wow. yourself in that term. So for VD, when a soldier, especially one out who's working, gets VD, it's taking him out of service. He yeah. either should be on the line fighting or he should be back in the in the back doing whatever his job is. Right. Whatever it is, you are fucking up the cogs of how oh, the military shit. operates. So again, depending upon who your CO is, you can get in serious trouble. Yeah. So these doctors in these villages they they would visit would inject them with like condensed milk and other shit instead what of penicillin. Because where the fuck is this some Vietnamese doctor going to get penicillin? That's true. In some fucking village. But so they're like, here's some penicillin. Here's penicillin. To be fair, it does look a bit like condensed milk, so. <laughs> so, medics tried to be proactive in this. They did what's called a short arm inspection. What's that? <laughs> well, you've got three arms and one of them's short. Oh, my God. <laughs> Drop it out and milk it down was the. Was so, they had to, like, jerk off in front of to them? To jerk off in front of them, yeah. What? <laughs> this is great. And Wait, drop your pants and milk it down? Mm-hmm. I fucking love you know, it. Work, work that foreskin off, like. Oh my god! Especially a lot of dudes back then were uncut. Yeah. So some some units treatment meant in in some units seeking treatment meant you would get an Article Fifteen, which is which is punishment. Some you get a court martial. MPs can lose a stripe. Cooks can be kept out of cooking, which meant grease pit duty. You don't want grease pit duty. No, grease fuck pit that. duty is disgusting. Gross. So you get in all kinds of trouble. So this is where the black syphilis thing comes in. The black syphilis was a scare tactic that they used specifically to keep, because all these, you see, all these other things aren't working. None mm-hmm. of these things are working. They are trying to, to be proactive about checking people. They're right. trying to do all these things, but really you cannot. So now they're like, guys. fuck it. Let's just scare these motherfuckers. So in Vietnam, everybody knows somebody who has gotten this black syphilis, the incurable strain of it. Mm-hmm. The rumor was that if you got black syphilis, there was no cure. And they couldn't keep you around, so they would send you to an island off the coast of Vietnam <laughs> where you would stay until you died or they found a cure. But yeah. Basically, your dick was going to rot off. And there, so that was, it was like your dick was going to turn black and rot off. Mm-hmm. There was no way, Whoa. that is what will happen with syphilis, I believe. Won't your dick rot off? I don't know. Uh, to be honest, I really don't know. I know I know that your nose will rot off and all that kind of shit. So yeah. I think your dick rots off. Oh, shit. And this is, but there's no way to stop it with the black syphilis. So you'd be sent to an island where you would die in pain and dementia because syphilis will also destroy your brain. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, There were a couple of, oh my gosh, I'm trying to remember. There were a couple of, I want to say famous politicians who got syphilis. Really? Or, or, no, not politicians. It's right. It's on the tip of my tongue. Al Capone had syphilis. Oh, like famous like gangsters and stuff? Yeah, or just famous people. I I know a bunch of pirates had it back in the day, too. Well, of course. They they would inject mercury in their dicks to cure it. That's how you, that's... That's how they used to cure shit was with mercury. So you're lucky we're in the penicillin era. For all of you who have had an STD, be real happy you're in the penicillin era. Yeah, and you don't get literal, like, metal shoved into your dick. And then you go crazy because it's fucking mercury. So a lot of people believe that this is the fate of some missing in action people. Because all missing in action means is they're likely dead and we don't have their body. So it means Mm -hmm. they're gone. But we we can't 
it's not confirmed. We, we don't have enough of them to confirm right. that they are dead. So we have to say they're missing so in action. was this all just a rumor or... Because nobody... Obviously, nobody knew somebody who actually had black syphilis. It was a it little bit exist. of information given out about that there was an incur- incurable strain of syphilis. And okay. then you just let that go. You just spread that. You say that to a couple of people. You say that to this person. <laughs> you say that to that person. It just goes. Yeah. And this has continued since. Uh, our Marine friend said they were still telling them that in Iraq. In the most Which is crazy that they would still try to spread that now because we have the fucking internet. And do you see how good that does people with, with stupid shit? That's People true. still believe all stupid shit. That's true. So it, uh, and it was a nom invention. It's just, this, this specifically was invented in Vietnam, mm-hmm. but there were similar older rumors. Uh, World War II, they believed there was an island off of Greenland. For burnt and disfigured U.S. soldiers, they were sent to this island so uh-huh. they didn't go home and destroy the morale of everybody at home. Because of how fucking oh my god fucked up they were. That's so terrible. Hey, your face is real fucked from this war that we sent you to, but you can't go home. You got to go to this island off of Greenland, yeah, um, which is not true at all. But like yeah. people believe this shit. And then in Korea, there was also there was also thought to be an island for incurable VD. They hadn't developed this black syphilis idea yet. Yeah. So I'm wondering if somebody got the idea from Korea because Korea wasn't too much before Vietnam, right? So I want to wrap this up with a couple of things. One, I want to read this quote from Stan Lee. So Stan Lee did a lot of, Stan Lee of Marvel fame, of course, for those of you who don't know, from Marvel Comics. In case you've been living under a fucking rock. To be fair, my daughter, or my daughter, my stepdaughter didn't know who Stan Lee was. We had to explain (gasps) to who Stan Lee was. Which is weird, considering how Marvel's so popular. I know. But I guess she's not into that. So he actually did a lot of the art for a lot of early VD posters. And (laughs) that's great. (laughs) Of course he did. Here's a good quote from him. But at the time, I was asked to do a poster that would admonish enlisted men, saying every time they had done the bad thing with a wild girl overseas, they should see one of the prophylactic stations, which dotted the landscape in Europe. Set up by the army, they were little places with the green light above the door. When you walked in there, they did terrible things, which I don't even want to think about, but would apparently <laughs> cured you or prevented you from getting an incurable disease. At any rate, it was like Mission Impossible. My assignment, if I choose to accept it, was that the poster would was to do this poster that would warn the soldiers to go to these little pro stations. I thought, what on earth could I do? Then finally I drew a little cartoon figure of a soldier walking through a door with a green light above it. He looks very smug and self-satisfied, and a dialogue balloon above his head said, VD? Not me. They must have printed a hundred trillion of those things. So in my own humble way, I think I probably won the war single-handedly. Because if that (laughs) stopped them from getting ill, then they were already in set to fight. And that's the untold story of how we won the war. (laughs) And he laughs. Stanley, he's, he's funny. He's he's a good man. Stanley won the war for all of us. Thanks, Stan- Stanley. Thank you, Stanley, for single-handedly winning World War II <laughs> by preventing people's dicks from falling off. We really appreciate it. Hats off to you. And the other little thing, interesting thing, I wanted to share was when I was reading this, I learned that the Vietnamese bar girls, unlike a lot, you know, we hear a lot of horror stories about women forced into prostitution, and it's horrific. Right. The Vietnamese bar girls thought that was the best time of their whole life. They got to leave these I, little villages. I bet. The, I bet it had to. I mean, as, if they weren't being forced into it. Yeah, this was all. And choosing to do it. They didn't even have, have like if, real pimps. It was literally just they, they decided, hey, I'm going to go to Saigon. Or I'm assuming most of them hubbed out of Saigon. But other places, this was mainly the Saigon bar girls. Mm-hmm. Saigon's a major population center. So they would go down there. Like what you see in like the movie Full Metal Jacket. So Full Metal Jacket took place in Hue. Okay. Which was a more of a college town. Oh, okay. There's a bunch of really interesting shit with Hue and... Or should I say Okwe? <laughs> <laughs> with Hue and the Tet the Offensive. 
Uh, I'm sure there were bar girls there as well, but this was focused on the Saigon bar girls. And they left home. They went and started a new life. They got to party. They got to hang out and drink. And they yeah. said that the Vietnam the American GIs treated them better than any Vietnamese man ever had. Yeah. They said they were treated like sisters and friends, which, I mean, they were still fucked, but this is this is how... Maybe not sisters. <laughs> not, maybe not sisters so much, but they said... Maybe they your were, friend's sister. But they also... The guys hung out and partied with them, too. A lot of guys didn't even go there necessarily to have sex with these women. They just wanted female company. Yeah, I was going to say, it must get dreadfully blasé just being around dudes all the time. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of these guys just wanted just wanted a lady the comfort to. of mm -hmm. a woman around whether they fucked or not. Yeah, they, they would go and just hang out and, and they'd buy them drinks. There were special drinks for the bar girls that they would, it, they had no alcohol in them, but the GIs thought they were buying uh, them drinks so they wouldn't get drunk and get fucked up right, and, right. and do something stupid and then they got to keep Brilliant. part of that money. That when I was in. bartending, they would always teach us how to do that because, you know, drunk guys would come and let me buy you a shot and I was <laughs> like, Okay, let me pour myself some tequila <coughs> water. Yeah. But then I would charge him for a tequila shot. Yeah, and then you charge all, him. And don't say I'm a fucked up person. Every bartender does it. Yeah, that's what... You can't get drunk at work. We can get... A little bit. Some of my bosses would encourage us to get maybe a little buzzed. But, but not drunk. Maintain your composure. Yeah. Don't be a drunk... No one wants a sloppy drunk bartender. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, the I think, the most interesting thing I read. There's also a lot... Going on with race relations in these planes. In, in mm -hmm. Korea, they had separate brothels for black and white servicemen. Oh. And there would be quarrels between this, these these things. There's a whole oh culture built around. But the bar girls. Not just bar girls, but in, in general, in the history of military operations, there is an entire culture built around what used to be called camp followers. Oh. And women that would show up to wash clothes uh -huh. and to have sex with you and to cook your meals. Uh, officers would what a good house officers life. usually kept mamasans in Vietnam. You would have mm -hmm. a, a local woman who would come in. She'd do your laundry for you. She'd clean up your hooch. She'd take care of all that shit. You can see that in the episode of Mash, where <sighs> I love Mash. <laughs> I do too. I love it so much. It was more about this girl yes, who I'm was seventy five years old in in service of this guy who essentially bought her. He was her moose, which was short for musume, oh. which is the Japanese word for girl. They called her oh. a moose, and. I, th I believe the episode is called The Moose. It's in the first season. They still had, still had Spear Chucker in I there. I wonder where Ma if MASH is streaming anywhere. I could really get down on like a MASH. Re I have the first three seasons in DVD if you want them. Oh, I might have to borrow that. Mm -hmm. And then you can watch them without the laugh track, which is the way to watch MASH. Yes. the, ma the I have to say, the laugh track always bothered the me. laugh track is awful. They actually didn't I have the it. laugh track in when they showed it in England. And when really? they accidentally showed it's an episode no without it, it <laughs> when they showed an episode accidentally with the laugh track, everyone was horrified because the laugh track is really bad. It's awful. It's awful. Oh my gosh. So yeah, that was, that was the whole story of the black syphilis and the shit they went down. It's a little bit of a shorter one today, but yeah. I also wanted to not like, we need a break. Oh, from, I've got some fun from facts. the horror and Casey's going to share fun facts with us. So when you told me you were going to do this for this episode, I was over the moon excited. Yeah. I, it was something I'd never heard of before. And I just love fucked up shit. Yeah. Sue me. Whatever. So I stumbled upon the same website you did. Yeah. SciWarrior.com, which you got to check it out. If you just want a, a lot of minutes to get your mind off of the fucked upness of the world right now, the way this person, the whoever does the website, writes, and then there's just dozens of old propaganda posters about venereal disease that are just fucking hysterical. Uh, which, which, like we were talking about earlier, not only did this happen in Vietnam, but there's just a very long history of the military using this type of propaganda 
to basically get soldiers to not sleep with the local women. Yeah, for all the good it did him. Uh, this was often to promote abstinence, um, and, or maybe at least the use of protection, but yeah. oftentimes it was like, well, just don't don't fuck this person. You won't end up with VD. So one example that I thought was great was during World War II, the 1940 War Department wrote a 16-page brochure called Sex Hygiene and VD. So you would get this with your, like, welcome to the military packet. Uh, one of the experts for excerpt experts excerpts <laughs> one of the excerpts from this reads how to avoid VD the army can protect you from many diseases but you'll have to protect yourself from syphilis and gonorrhea the only sure way to stay away from this the only sure way to stay away from these diseases is to stay away from women don't forget that girl who lets you use her or consents easily is not safe <laughs> so you know all them all those loose women are just not safe to be around. No, don't go near them. It continues. If you wait until you marry, you're safe and you keep your self-respect. Oh, they even had to inject morality. In oh, it, too. it gets worse. You also play fair with that good girl back home whom you expect to play fair with you. There's no substitute for morals. <laughs> Never mind that these guys are young and scared and desperate for human contact. The human contact you cannot get from another man, unless you're homosexual, obviously. But, right. You know, as, as, a, as a heterosexual man. Which was also frowned upon back then. Of course. Men, men are very uh, sex-oriented, and even the best way. That's yeah. how they, they get their intimacy. Yeah, well, I was reading something the other day that it, it hit the nail on the head with something that I've been failing to be able to articulate, and it's men growing up in this, this toxic masculine environment are so deprived of touch. Mm. They're told it's not okay to, you know, cuddle other other men or hug other men mm. or just to, like, very platonically cuddle or hug other women. Mm -hmm. So they're very touch-deprived, and that's why a lot of them end up being... Angry. Angry and, uh, you know, really shitty to their partners mm -hmm. because they, they have been deprived this intimacy. Especially the single ones who don't have any outlet at all. Right, and they have they have horrible views towards women. Like I, I don't necessarily feel for the incel community, right? But at the same time, I can only imagine what it must be like to have never gotten that and to need it so badly, right. and to be unable to articulate what you need, and so just be pissed off that people aren't having sex with you. Right, right. You try you try to articulate what you need, but then your dad says like, "Oh, what are you gay?" or something yeah. like that, and yeah. just shames you out of it. Um. That's a topic for another day. <laughs> World War II propaganda posters kept popping up depicting the Axis power leaders such as Stalin, Hitler, and Mussolini as monsters. I mean, just horrible monsters with blisters all over them. And basically, they were spreading VD across all of Europe. Uh, there was one poster on this website that really caught my attention uh, because Disney decided to, to jump into it. Oh, good. And it's a poster that depicts Donald Duck getting ready to bone down this beautiful woman, but finds himself without a prophylactic. Oh, oh no. no. I mean, he's literally sitting there like, what do I do? I want to fuck this bitch, but I don't have a condom. <laughs> it was oh, great. No. We, we will post the pictures to, to everyone that we could find online because they're, there's something spectacular. They're pretty great. During world war one, there were numerous pamphlets called or entitled the Colonel care says pamphlets claiming that VD was unpatriotic and unmanly for the doughboy. 
This included several sayings that were used to sway American soldiers away from basically loose women. The chicks who want, let's, I hate that term, loose women. They want to have a good time. They want to make some money. They're providing whatever. a service, too. Yeah. Like, it's the oldest transaction in the book. You're providing a service. Yeah. I will never and, shame a sex worker. And also, get it. It, when we're talking about Europe, these women are, their men are gone. They're alone. They're scared. They need comfort and, and fun, too. Oh, so, yeah. they're going to bang. I, dude, I'd be banging some hot Banging out. Yeah. yeah, fuck yeah. Let's do it. So, some of the comments in these Colonel Care Says pamphlets included such gems as... How can you look that flag in the face if you were dirty with gonorrhea? <laughs> you you dirty boy. Another one. Many a painted face camouflages the syphilated blood. Ooh. These are just real real solid burns. Only a poor boob pays money, loses his watch, and gets the sif, and then brags that he had a good time. <laughs> You poor boob. Man, that was pretty specific. It sounds like somebody had a chip on their shoulder about losing their watch. Seriously. <laughs> oh, what was it? This one was really good, too. You wouldn't use another man's toothbrush. Why use his whore? That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's a good point. It's a good point. I can't really argue with that. Although, I don't know. I've used a boyfriend's toothbrush or two in my time. Yeah, I mean, and, and we all do kind of tend to pass around the same guys, so. It is incestuous in this community, let really me tell is. you. Uh, so that's all I really have to add. It was such a great topic. I didn't want to, like, totally take away from it. I just wanted to add some real good gems from this fucking website. And, and to close out this topic, I have one last good story from my dad. This isn't VD specifically, but this is about how <laughs> fucked up shit you're going to catch in the nom. So my dad's bestest buddy in the nom, Goober, that's what they called yes. him, Goober had back knee problems. Uh So anytime they were back at the fire support base or whatever, taking a shower, my dad would scrub his back for him. And there was a certain like acne stuff that the military gave him. They'd put on there because, you know, he can't reach his back. Yeah. So he's got this. Yeah. He's got this big ass, looks like a huge ass zit on his back. So my dad's like, hold on one second. He goes and finds the the dock and he gets a little scalpel Mm -hmm. and he cuts open this big ass, what looks like a zit and flies come out. (gasps) (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's it's bot flies which oh lay lay their their eggs in flesh. Yes, yes. I met a guy at Burning Man, so we we were just walking around one day, and we go up to this camp, and it's called Scar Bar. Yeah, and you have to tell them a story about a scar that you have, and they give you a drink. Yeah, and we're all telling our stories about our scars, and this guy comes up, and he has this fucking just gnarly huge scar on his abdomen, and it was from a bot fly. Ugh. And he has this wonderful British accent, too. So he just, the story was wonderful. And we were like, get this man every drink you have. Right? He wins the day. Yeah. Yeah, bot flies are disgusting. So, yeah, you get a lot of you get a lot of weird shit in Vietnam. But even with all the malaria and the bot flies and all of the crap you can get, the jungle rot, all of these things, jungle still rot. VD did it in. Yeah. Jungle rot would be another good band name. It would be a good band name. Because, I mean, jungle rot will, will eat your feet right off. Oh, fuck yeah. It destroys your feet. Oh, yeah. It's from that damn... Swamp water. Yeah, swamp water. Oh, and there's leeches, too. There's lots of leeches. Neat. There's also giant centipedes that can be up to six... Vietnam seems like a real fun place to go. Well, I mean, it's jungle, so there's always fucked up things in the jungle. There's like a six... I've seen pictures of a six-foot centipede of a guy holding up a giant centipede. Oh, hell no. Yeah, huge spiders, all kind of shit. Uh, Dad said there were... Ants, they called them mogators, which was short for motherfucking alligators, because they were huge and they would bite the shit out of you. Mogator. Mogators. Another really good band name. Yeah. 
Yeah, all kind of horrible shit. So much love to the people of Vietnam. You are Jeez, very seriously. brave living somewhere with all them bugs. I don't like yeah, it. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come visit you all, but I'm not. Staying. I feel like my skin's really itchy right now. <laughs> We're me and Casey are off to have showers. Yeah. Fuck yeah. A very hot, steaming shower just <laughs> searing my skin off. All right. So. We are done talking to you today, so I suppose you all can just go. Yeah, bye. Just shut this off now, bye. Get out of here. No. Just kidding. We have <laughs> stuff to say still. Thank you for listening to another episode of our lovely podcast. We really appreciate your patronage. Casey has our usual closing spiel. I do. I got a spiel. Uh, one thing, too, before we go into the spiel, we're still planning on doing a Q&A episode, so if you want to get to know us, know a little bit more about the podcast in general, Submit some questions to us. You can email them to us at deeperdarkerpodcast at gmail.com. You can comment some of your questions on our social media posts, wherever you want. We won't be offended, we swear. Yeah. We might be, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to offend either of us. I guess it depends on what they're saying, but. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. Thank you all for listening to another fun-filled episode of the Deeper Darker Variety Show. Please have sex responsibly. Do not get black syphilis. Yes. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Use a condom. Use birth control. Use both. I know the government's making them real hard to get, but you got to use something. Yeah. Or get a vasectomy. Do whatever you got to do. Vasectomy. That's a dream. Yeah. We also want to thank Eric, who's sitting right here next to us. Who's falling asleep. Who's falling asleep at our very exciting episode. (laughs) We'd also like to thank Unlikely Legends Productions for producing this podcast. Uh, Thank everyone. Thanks to everyone who has liked and subscribed to this podcast. Keep doing it. We need your subscriptions. We need your likes. We need your follows. We can be found on the web at thedeeperdarkervarietyshow.com. Very easy. Very long, but easy. Just like me. (laughs) Yes. So good. Uh, At that website, you'll find links to all of our social media, new episodes, links to our streaming services, including Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and also a link to our PayPal if you're so inclined. We are still setting up a Patreon. We're going to put some really cool, fun things on there for our Patreon subscribers. Um, Thanks in advance for donating to helping to make this podcast possible. Uh, Like I said, give us a like, give us a follow, enjoy the show. Uh, As always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, complaints, corrections, topic suggestions, anything you want to hear us banter about, or if you just want to say hi, or if you want to be an ad sponsor, shoot us an email at deeperdarkerpodcast at gmail.com. That's deeperdarkerpodcast at gmail.com. All right. Well, thanks. And we'll see you next time on the Deeper Darker Variety Show. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.